Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Hey there, let's do it live on a Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I am merely Bo. He is El Comandante, joining us here on the program, the great Z. And I won't apologize for Nor it. Nor should you. Get bent if you want me to apologize <laughs> for that. How are you doing, oh, dude? Oh, baby. By the way, sorry. Every time. I realized today this I was I had some S tendencies as I was gleefully texting you i have no concept of what time or you don't know where is. you are man i don't know where I am. you were in you no. were, you were in your bed what four in the morning yeah 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 you need a you need a napski i need are you yeah. a napski guy or not at all me either i couldn't either. i don't think i've ever napped i've i've Since my I was dad old. was a big napper when i was a kid and he would he would do it and he still does like he can do like a 20 minute nap and then just get up bounce ready to refresh if i do that i'm done I don't nap. Yeah. Days if over. I nap, I, if it I nap, it is something significant has happened. Yeah, like I'm before. like sick, yes. and then I found that even when I try to do it, I end up basically just being tired the rest of the day. Yeah, you got to power yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How do you want to do this? You want to do good stuff, or do you want to do the other? Choose I'd your own rather, adventure. I'd rather get out, get the the not good out of the way, and then we can be. Then joyous. we have fun down the end. Yeah. I'd rather like it's like at the bottom, and then we're gonna go up the mountain. You know, yeah, yeah. As opposed I like to. It. I'm I'm I, I approach life. You and I approach life in a similar way. Uh, let's let's get the bad over with and then we can, you know, then it's in the past. Right. We said yesterday there was only one thing that could really come of this game. That's right. There was really only one thing that would in terms of how it would impact the football team. And it was Cade York. And that was it. That was the, yep. that was the one thing. So for full disclosure, um, I watched in well into the third and then that's night night time for your uncle Bo, and so I was I was going I went to sleep, so when I went to bed, three for three, feeling good, feeling feeling good, Billy Ray, <laughs> looking good. I mean, it felt like looking okay, good, Lewis. By the way, that is the correct answer for the best Philadelphia movie ever made. It's, it is not Rocky. It is in fact Trading Places. I like that, that. and that's a fact. Um, so I get up this morning, and then. Of course, you see it all, and you lived it all. Yeah. It was going so well. Um, and then, you know, there's the social media repost and all of that. So there's a lot going on here on this side of things. Um, Coach is going to be not necessarily to address this, but later he does his availability. He could, who knows. But um, he's available, you know, as, as we're going yeah, we'll here. we'll play that soon. We'll play that soon. Um, you were there, buddy. 
So it's you wanted to see it go in, and the first three that all went in got kind of progressively a little bit more to the yeah. right, but inside the uprights, which ultimately it's binary. That is yep. good is good, and, and not good is not good. Um, and then he came out there, and you're like, all right, if he can make this one four for four, I'd love to see him drill it right down the pipe. Mm-hmm. You're feeling really good. Okay, he's back. He pushed that one, not by much, Mm-mm. but pushed it, gets the reprieve, and then overcompensates and hits it left. This is something, again, that is relatable to any one of our listeners who plays golf. Mm-hmm. You slice one OB, mm. you're like, I'm not going to slice this one. You pull hook at OB left. And in this case, one inch outside of the uprights is OB. That's, that's the way that it works when you're yeah. a kicker in the National Football League. And, and that's what happened. And so you know now this is mental. He's got all the physical gifts in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of belief in him, but at the same time now, you have to have questions. The fact of the matter is he has attempted a field goal of more than 50 yards, and he is three for seven on the preseason because he missed two last night. Yeah, he missed two. I mean, t- officially one, but two. He missed two. Yeah. And he is uh, one for one inside of uh, 40 yards. He's two for six Yeah, from 40 to 49. Two for six. Mm-hmm. And so – He's right. I mean, afterwards, he's right. Like, he hasn't missed in practice, but that doesn't matter. Just like the driving range doesn't matter to a golfer. That's the perfect analogy. It matters what you do on the course. How long is this going to go on with the debutante? I don't know. Is the debutante going to be on crushes for, is it six months? I don't know. That's shocking. Um, Still on crutches. Sad. As you were saying, the driving range analogy is the perfect one. When I saw the comments this morning about how I only missed one in practice out of 45 attempts, yeah, a lot of people can stripe the range. Yeah, you got to go do it when it matters. And and what Cade York has the talent to go be the next, you know, Daniel Carlson, a guy who was with Minnesota, doesn't pan out early in his career there. They move on from him. He goes to the Raiders and is one of the best kickers in the NFL. He has all the talent in the world. I'm just concerned, you know, this season is too important. There is too much at stake. Chris Rose made a great point last night uh, on the – on the radio with us when he said, you know, last year had the lowest margin of victory, mm-hmm. average margin of victory in NFL history. Yeah. So every point matters. And I'll give you, you want a perfect example of it? Here's what the Browns are in the preseason. The Browns so far in the preseason this year are now one, one, and one, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to go back to those games, and I'll, I'll do that right now, you beat the Jets 21 to 16. So that would be a win, even with the missed field goal. You lose to the Commanders 17 to 15. Bo, three greater than two. Yes? That is fact. So makes his field goal there. You're 2 0, 18 17. You go to the Eagles game. Actually, you would have been, it wouldn't have been 18 17. It actually would have been 19 17 because we would have gone for an extra point at the end as opposed to, because we would already been ahead. Right. As opposed to kicking, uh, going for two. Then you go to the Eagles game, 18 18. Add three to 18, you get 21 greater than eight, three and 0. So, Three and zero versus one one and one. Three and zero in the regular season versus one one and one over a three game stretch could be the difference between winning our division. It could be the difference between making the postseason and not. Yeah. And so you can't have that. Now, no, there isn't a quarterback uh, kicker on the planet other than Justin Tucker that you know when he goes out there in the second half to make a kick, he's going to make it. That's mm-hmm. he's the one of one. But there are, I would imagine, are kickers out there that you would feel more confident with 
right now? And I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't know if you carry two kickers on your 53 because you believe in him long term. I, I don't know. But the way that you are right now and the feelings that he has to have, the feeling that his team has to have, the feeling that certainly the fans have to have. It's like, imagine, this is what I said on the end of the broadcast last night. Imagine we go into it and we go with Cade. Mm-hmm. And week one, you're down two. He's got to come on the field for a 48-yard field goal in Cleveland Brown Stadium. What's the energy like in that building? Oh, my God. The nervous energy would be tangible. Right. That's not what – that's not – you don't want that for him, and you don't want that for, for anybody. Now, he may very well go out there and stripe it right down the middle. He's got the talent to do it anytime he wants to. But it just feels like right now it's teetering. It's gone from, all right, let's hope this goes away, to – it feels like you can't ignore it. Now, there are many paths to how you choose to deal with that, and, and I'm sure Kevin Stefanski said last night, you know, they're not interested in bringing anybody else in. It feels like he's – and he's talking now, and that's the that's being echoed. I understand. We'll have it for you a little bit. I understand bit, but... wanting to support him, and I understand, you know, you don't want to mess with his confidence, and he's a very confident kid, and we love Cade. But, boy – it feels to me like there is too much at stake to go into it with a portion of this that is a very important portion because it's a scoring portion where it's shaky. I mean, that's just a fact. It is shaky right now. You said you had two of six, 40 to 49? Yeah. Yeah, that ain't. In in an AFC where there are 10, 11, 12 teams that are playoff contenders, another six or seven who view themselves as Super Bowl contenders, um, we'd like to think that we're one of those teams, right? The margin is too thin for, for two for six. And I don't, you know, I, you, you know, you think about these athletes. You and I are old enough now. We, we are too old to have grown up with social media. We, yep. we don't have a point of reference on that. We got it when we were fully formed um, into our 30s by the time, you know, social media became, sure. you know, late 20s, early 30s by the time social media became a – you know, a real factor in American, in, in our society, in, in the world culture. You and I both are raising children who my oldest is just getting into world where he's involved in it. Yeah. Your kids, I'm sure, are years are older, and I'm sure they're in it. Oh, and that, God. That's the way it goes. Yep. Every one of us out here who has who has children would wish we could take this away because yes. you're, you – the problem is, is we have an air and, and Kate is one of these – he's one of these guys. We have an, an, an age of athlete that has grown up in social media and so they cannot turn it off and so when you talk about a mental issue we saw this with our former quarterback in my opinion we've i mean kevin durant the greatest scorer maybe of my lifetime had a burner account to defend himself on twitter yes like and he is as accomplished as can be yes. so imagine then looking at mentions i mean we had deshaun doing that earlier this week like they they have a, i think the management of that there was, I, I can't remember if it was Stetson Bennett or Jake Fromm. I think it was Stetson Bennett at Georgia. He used a flip phone for an entire season because I was like, I can't. He doesn't want to get involved. Didn't want to get involved. And I think it's a factor in all of it because you can't escape it. You can't. I agree with that. I, do I don't want, know if it has to do with him. I I'm want people to know, though, that, that po- like, he doesn't run his own Instagram. Which that's kind of crazy. It is like he's not a brand. He's not a he's not Mahomes. No, managing a I don't brand. want people to think that he's in the locker room posting no, no, no. that but it's a good point that you bring that up i i should have made that more clear but still it's, it's like they can't get away even if it is somebody else doing it for him that's same. bad idea that person yeah. that was a bad, that was a bad idea yeah I, I don't know man i mean 
I don't know. This is one that I certainly don't envy in any way, shape, or form, you know, what's going on with the Browns in this decision because it's not an easy one. And it is somebody you invested a lot in with the draft pick. And I think right now there's a big narrative. All the Browns are so stubborn with their draft picks. You, you, there's a big investment made. So you're, you want to give that an opportunity to have a return on its investment. And, you know, after a couple of years, it feels like, you know, in some of the cases that that's when they're going to be making some changes. Um, but, this is a tough situation because I just think there's too much at stake. These games are too often too close that for right now, with what you've seen, it's hard to be a hundred percent confident in his ability to deliver when it matters the most. And it's, it, it sucks, it, but that it's, how could you have any other conclusion right now? I don't think you can. I, it would have, it, I think if you hook coach up to a lie detector test and you say, does, would this affect the way that you would call the fourth quarter of a game against the Bengals? And if he said no, I think he's lying. Like we get to September tenth, and we're still in this world. Yeah. Even if we're not, even if you bang home a couple against Kansas City, I don't think all's right. I think it affects the way you call the game in the fourth quarter against Cincinnati September tenth in the opener. You're more aggressive on a third down. You're not going to play for field goals. Like that's it's got to be there. Yeah. It has to be. So it sucks. Um, the thing about it is his talent is absurd. That's it's absurd same. talent. And so you don't want to – if it, you want to go every possibility to salvage because of the talent. Here's the thing. He just has to – it's got to go. It is awful yeah. that we sit here coming off of a joint week of practices with the Eagles where we absolutely held our own. We knew – you got all, all the barometer, all of that. It's there. This team can go. Let's go. That we're to opening the show on this, on this Friday – I believe it's Friday – I don't really know. You tell me, brother. Rains every day. I can't tell the, the difference. We're opening this show talking about the kicker. Mm-hmm. Can't happen. Yeah, it's just tough. You don't want to talk about the mm, kicker. No. At all. You know? And, and this is, again, a lot of people have a, a confidence in him. I get it. And we're going to hear Kevin Stefanski say that. But right now, I just put kind of people in this position. You know, you need – Something major to happen. I don't want to say like, you know, the uh, the good fortunes of a loved one is in the hands of a field goal going through the uprights. Like right now, that's not – he's not the first kicker you're choosing. No. He's well down the list of NFL kickers right now. And that's not what the situ- – that's not where you want to be. No. And it's sad because these are practice games. The results actually do not matter whatsoever. No. But it's a feeling. It's a vibe. It's a confidence thing that needs to be there and it needs to be something that you are not questioning. It needs to be something that you're not thinking about mm-hmm. any, I'll go take the golf analogy even farther. How many times when you're golfing, regardless of your skill and you think before you hit a shot, don't hit it in the bunker. Don't push it right in the oh, water. Oh gosh. What anytime staying in front of water, if you have negative thoughts, what's right. going to happen? There it is. It's almost self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy. 100%. And there's no way right now, he doesn't have some negative thoughts. I mean, you stay in the golf world. It's Rory over a putt in a major. You know it's not going in. As great as he is, he's the most talented player in the world. But it's not going in because wow. there's a block. So I don't it, – that's where we are. Um, now, okay, we did that. I know it's just – it's, it's, it's heavy, dude. That, it, like, we, this is what we signed up for. We're going to knock it out. So we addressed it. It like deflated, and I realized we were in Philly, but you could feel it deflate like – Brown's world it was palpable 
in the booth. You could feel it. Of course. Because so. it was the one thing. We said this yesterday on the show. It's the only thing from how this team was going to play this season that was going to come out of yesterday. Yeah. That's it. Everything else is bottom roster, who makes team, that type of stuff. And these are important things, and there could be some people that we're going to talk about here now that could make a real impact on this team, be it in special teams or in the depth chart. Um, but that's the only one that affects wins and losses directly if we are healthy, is that one. So yep. that's the thing that's tricky. Um, there were a ton of positives in this game. Uh, we had some big-time plays across various uh, positions. DTR shined again. They, we got something in him. Yeah, there's. I mean, he's pretty electric. There's no question. He's electric. He is a bit. His poise in the pocket is really kind of staggering. I, and then again, he played a lot of college football and played and a lot of ball. That I think helps you. He clearly is confident. Uh, the blocks. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback penalized for an illegal, you Crazy. know, blindside block where yeah. he just decks a guy, which was the second time he blocked him in that play. I thought he showed the ability to throw the ball down the field, to throw to Austin Watkins on the sideline. Is that the Keely Ringo right past Ringo's yes. ear? Is an unbelievable throw. The like this. As he told me, he said, I put everything I had into that one. Yes, he did. Yes, That did. was a great throw. You know, there was one ball that kind of came out of his hands funky and didn't get down the field like he wanted. But for the most part, I thought he, he hung in the pocket. I thought he threw the ball well. I thought he made good decisions. He, he was victimized by some drops. Mm -hmm. So I thought he should have had, you know, even better. You know, you saw him and Cedric Tillman, two catches for 50 oh, yards. The, can we do the Tillman route? Oh, God, that sluggo, a little slant and go. Wow. That was a, a great double move. And then DTR put it up to him. Watkins continues to shine. Um, you know, and I don't know, I haven't gone through this because my ability to read right now is not great. But all right, each position group, good. I like that. Great. Ooh, he liked that. He picked up on that. He liked that. Gibbe. Or was that you, Uno? Oh, baby. Uno said that. No, that's all Uno. me. All me, the grades. But, you know, we'll get into kind of maybe more of the specifics. But. Yeah, there were a lot of good things. You know, Dewan Jones continues to look great. I'll tell you who's having a phenomenal preseason is Nick Harris, and I'm happy for him. It's great to see it. Yeah. Brian Baldinger, I don't know if you watched Baldy's video on yep. Nick Harris, hit him in the hip and you move the man. And there are so many examples of him just throwing, you know, that giant in the middle of Davis out of the way. Sure, Davis out of the way. Just out of the way. Yeah. Whipler um, proved capable again at guard, too. Whipler was good. He had rough on that one screen. He yeah. didn't quite get out there. But for the most part, I would completely agree with you. I thought that he looked good. Kellen Mond, you know, he's going to finish preseason, you know, maybe with three touchdowns, one pick. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't look like DTR looks, I mean, no, just to be perfectly no. fair it, about it. But yeah. it's more that's more of a uh, a compliment to DTR than it is an indictment of Mond. Yes. I think Mond at least Mond's, did enough Mond's, to say, yeah. hey, I can be in somebody's practice, I our practice squad. Yeah, for sure, which was nice to see. I think, you know, offensively, that's really what stood out. Austin Watkins is making a push for this team. And then defensively, uh, you know, Maurice Hurst, I thought, was dominant. I thought he looked fantastic in this game. That sack, the little swim move that he did on that sack was elite. And he has a sack and a half a sack the week before uh, that as well. I thought that, you know, Cam Mitchell is – that's a guy we found a very – that's a great late-round draft pick. And then Mahmoud Diabati. Your boy. Mahmoud. You've been talking about him my for a man. while. Yeah, my man, Mahmoud. I mean – the knife on that safety was incredible. The way he just sliced through, made that play, and then, you know, he has a perfect peanut Tillman punch out to get that turnover. Forced fumble, leads the team in tackles again. Eight tackles, forced fumble, and he gets the safety. I mean, you know, is he pushing Tony Fields? Is he – He should – I think. I mean – Is he – who's he – the, the tape is good. Very good. 
Very good. And he is a dude. And you have to remember in college, he was much more of a pass rusher. He had five sacks. He played, you know, much more of that kind of a role. And so he's learning that off the ball space stuff. And he's doing a good job. And what I loved about him is, you know, at one, he took a bad angle and missed the tackle. He didn't do that again. And guys, he had wide receivers trying to run away from him who could not. Mm-hmm. He was he was really impressive, really impressive. And I just like the way our defense plays, to be honest. I, th- I think it's it's fun watching the way our defense gets after it, especially those young guys on the back end. Rocket Hickman, brief appearance, but ball finds him. He had three picks his entire Ohio State career. He has three picks in like in like a couple of quarters. Yeah, you're right. Not even not even two games, like four quarters of football. So yeah. incredible. Look at this okay. on a casual Friday. Okay. The, are you All kidding right. me? Oh, Stop gosh. It. Stop so it. much. The little, shades hanging a little. Shades are hanging. Oh, oh my gosh. Untucked. Yeah, T. Scott's. Just please. Yeah. A man of consequence. Chris, cool Friday. Yeah, I miss I miss seeing swag while I was gone for sure. Miss that. Yeah, it brings such joy when you see swag on a Friday. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Look, there's a. We'll, we're, we'll go position by position, but there has been there have been guys consistently. We've played three preseason games, guys, and there have been guys consistently um, who have shown out time and time again, and they have stacked it. Um, like DTR, not a fluke. Watkins, not a fluke. Hickman, not a fluke. Jones, Harris, Whipler, not a fluke. Andrew Barry's going to have some really difficult decisions to make at the bottom side of this roster. And that's maybe an exercise we can go through at some point today after maybe we go through the grades, just be like, okay, right now, just a quick kind of snap at the 53 because it's going to, you're going to see where the pressure points are. And then you're going to realize we probably want to keep like 56 guys. And that's going to be, you can't. Can't no, you cannot do it. No, and it, you know, I don't know, what, like with Diabati, like I don't know, I don't know what. What do you? He's kind of playing himself into it. I uh, more than I don't know how. Well, we, here's we, we have thing. some numbers that I don't know how they're going to add up, buddy. Same with you know, Watkins. Jacob like, Watkins Phillips, is a dude. Jacob Phillips is on the last year of his rookie deal. He'll spend yeah. that on IR, and you feel like unfortunately his time in Cleveland is done. You just when you when you appear in twenty out of you know sixty-seven possible games. Your best ability is availability. So he was on last year's deal. A walks on a one-year deal. Talks on a one-year deal. Um, so you have a bunch of the top guys in your linebacker room, or who you thought were going to be top guys on one-year deals. You don't have a lot of really long-term guys here. You know, JOK will have one more year. Fields will have one more year on his deal that mm-hmm. he's entering his third year. I think Matt Adams is on a one-year deal as well. Mm-hmm. Kunashik's on a one-year deal. So. You know, to be able to have a young guy like Diabati that you know is in your program for three as an undrafted free agent, and then you have him as a restricted free agent, so you'd be, he's, he's likely here for four, um, I think would be a very valuable thing right now. But then the question's going to become, you know, has Ronnie Hickman played his way on the team? Well, if you have five safeties, can you have six corners? If you have five safeties, can you have six linebackers? If you have five safeties, can you have ten offensive linemen? So there are a lot of individual little pressure points here on this roster and what the kind of construction of that 53 is going to be. And remember, we're going to have to carry Alex Wright on the initial 53. Now, one way that you'd be able to do that is you take somebody who is a vested veteran and you say to them, we're going to cut you. You sign with us. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have like that, you know, agreement. We saw that thing with Malcolm Smith a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way you're able to know because he doesn't have to be on that, that initial 53, but he's still going to be on your team before you can then procedurally move Alex Wright, say, to IR. So 
it's going to be very interesting how this all shakes out. Um, and we can go through that. But there are certain things that I think are, are set. I think there are other things that are set too. That, you know, for example, maybe not, not as a good of a side of things is, you know, I liked what I saw from Jordan Wilkins last night. I'm curious to see more of him if we do see more of him. Yeah, a little, he had some juice. But he's, you know, he's the only guy on the team that has more than, you know, 100 and change yards rushing in the NFL. Well, other I, than Nick Chubb. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. I do wonder if the uh, extraordinary amount of depth that we have at certain positions could be used. Um, and you would know this better than I, but in terms of like, can you, would it make sense to do some pre cut down, do a pre cut down trade? I think that that's possible. Okay. I really do. I think that, we that, just have such an incredible amount of depth on the offensive line. We do, but at the same time, you need that depth on the offensive line, right? Like you need, that's a very important thing to have for you. And but I think if you have, how many of them are you going to keep buddy? Like 10? Well, here's the thing. Tyrone Wheatley Jr. may be playing at such a level right now that it would be impossible to get him through the practice squad. He would be the perfect candidate because he's clearly your fifth tackle. Mm-hmm. So he would be the perfect candidate to say, okay, this is somebody maybe we can swap out. You know, we've talked about the Jets are having issues. Yeah, too many Send him to the Jets. Yeah. You bring Michael Carter here, and that way you're guaranteed to get him. You know, and then our other back, you know, Wes Martin, this guy who's played a ton in the league, he's having a good camp or a good preseason. Whipler, you mentioned Michael Dunn. I mean, we have a lot, and then Drew Forbes. So there are, yes, there is a glut there. And at some point, yeah, you would want to do that um, to maybe make a move. Wilkins, I thought was very impressive. I ran hard. I liked the him. pass. I liked him too. I'm curious to see, you know, if that's enough. But he feels to me like the one guy that has the experience to maybe be that third running back. He's run for over a thousand yards in his career, five yards a carry for his career. He's caught 42 balls. He feels to me like he fits that mold of you know what a Dearness Johnson could give you. Like if you needed to turn it over to him for for one night or two mm-hmm. nights in the year, he can yeah. do it. But you know, we're we've kind of crowned Jerome Ford and I liked what he did at Cincinnati, but we haven't seen it. Haven't seen it, man. Not in the NFL. No, not in the NFL. So. All right. That sets the table. You're going to hear from coach. Uh, He was available to the media. We will have that for you. Uh, We will do that positional breakdown that Z talked about. You'll hear from Catherine Raich, assistant GM. She will join us in the uh, two o'clock hour of the program. It is a mailbag Friday edition of the program. Tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily. We will get to those at 2.30. We are off and running on a Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now let's go to the podium. Coach Stefanski talking to the media. About 
last night or this morning, whenever that was, uh, you know, really productive week for us there in Philly. I really thought the practices, the game uh, was, was a great opportunity for uh, our, our guys, great opportunity for the starters in those practices, great opportunity for the backups in that game. So back at it, back in Bria, still in training camp mode uh, and looking forward to continuing to work. And with that, I'll take any questions. Hey, Kevin, I know you talked about Cade last night, but you keep saying that he's kind of like the same as the other players, you know, using the preseason to get ready for the regular season. But doesn't kicker feel different in that the operation's the same, whether it's the preseason or regular season? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, now's the time to work on our craft. And, and obviously, like we talked about last night, you know, kickers want to make every kick. We want Cade to make every kick. Uh, you just got to continue to work through it. I mean, it's it's really a, as simple as that. Uh, the kid works very hard. Um, he'll continue to do that. He's been so good in practice. Um, have you guys noticed or has he said that there's anything that's been different mechanically from practice to the games? Uh, I mean, obviously there shouldn't be. You know, that's part of taking the practice field to, to the game field like we talk about with all of our players. Uh, but so you got to look at everything. You got to look at – uh, the procedure, you have to look at uh, your technique, and we'll continue to do that. Kevin, um, it's very difficult sometimes for head coaches to have patience with kickers. You worked for one in six years. Zimmer went through four of them, including a guy who's now one of the best kickers in the league, Carlson. So uh, how much did that experience affect what you're going through right now? Well, I, I think, Tony, with any young player, uh, certainly you've seen it with, with kickers. You do th go through a tough period here or there. Uh, I have a ton of c confidence in Cade because I've seen him do it in practice. I've seen him do it in games. Uh, so he'll continue to work. Uh, but it's it's really, you know, I really feel it's no different than any other player that uh, they continue. They got to work on their craft. And now's the time to do that. Uh, obviously, Cade wants to make every kick. We want him to make every kick. Uh, it's an occupational hazard that you're going to miss one. Uh, it's just how you deal with it and how you bounce back from it. Uh, just specifically about Daniel Carlson and Zimmer, Zim cutting them after two games. I mean, was yeah. that a teaching experience to you? All of it's a teaching experience for me, Tony. <laughs> you know, everything, of, of course. Uh, but I don't want to get into that specific situation. But, um, you know, I, I just – and I understand the question. Uh, but I, I do think Cade has the right mentality to continue to work through it. Yeah, uh, Kevin, uh, non-kicker question for you. Uh, Mohamed Diabate, just, um, you know, another outstanding game from him last night. What have you seen from him and, uh, you know, how how difficult is he making uh, some of the roster decisions there in that linebacker room on you? Yeah, I thought Mahmoud uh, acquitted himself very well last night. Uh, like we talked about, he's a very active player, sideline to sideline. Uh, you, you love ball aware players. You love guys that, that can knock the ball out. And, and he certainly did that. Uh, he, he's really taken practice field to game field. Uh, but like you mentioned, this is a, this is the part of training camp and the part of uh, our business where we continue to get young players reps and, and ultimately make really tough decisions later on. But uh, for us right now, really the focus is on just continuing to get better. We're, we're, we're very much in training camp mode still. Two questions, Kevin. First, why do you think it is better not to bring in a, a kicker to compete with Cade? Yeah, that's just our decision. You know, obviously, Cade's our kicker. We support him. We have a ton of confidence in him. Um, that's really as simple as that. And then do you have any problem with him uh, posting at halftime on Instagram that he was three for three? <laughs> I'm aware of that. Uh, 
that was not Cade who posted that. I'll talk to him about that and all of our players. Uh, we know the rules. They're not allowed to be, none of us, pl uh, players, coaches, we're not allowed to be on our phones uh, once kickoff hits. So uh, we'll address that with the guys. Uh, yeah, Kevin, just wondering, you know, it's going to be a numbers game, obviously, in that receiver room. And I know you guys are going to have some uh, tough decisions to make in there, but you also have a number of injuries at the position uh, that I think will probably factor into what happens with the 53. Um, but, you know, having said all that, my question is, it really seems like Austin Watkins has just made a tremendous impact over these past few weeks and it looks, you know, it's starting to look like he's making a really strong case for himself to be on that 53. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, the tape is your resume, Mary Kay. So I think for all of our players, uh, you want to go out and, and be very productive in practice, be very productive in these games. Uh, Austin obviously had a big night uh, last night and continues to do a good job for us. Uh, all the rest of it, how that sorts out, that, that's why we have camp. That's why we have another preseason game, uh, but excited uh, about what he was able to do. And what does he bring to the table? Like, what makes him special? Uh, yeah, I think you saw last night some some impressive route running. Uh, he's and and some of the techniques that he's used. It, uh, you see it right in from the practice field, right from the one on ones uh, the other day in Philly, right into the game uh, tape. So uh, I, I think he's done a nice job running routes. Uh, been very dependable uh, catching the ball as well. Hey, Kevin, I had a, an Austin Watkins question, too. Um, he, he's mentioned that um, when I, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago that when he came into the league, he really kind of had to learn how to be a pro. And he didn't really do that till he got to the, to the USFL. Um, so I'm just wondering, what did you see from him in his time in the USFL? And, and how important are those spring leagues for a guy like him that kind of you know maybe needs to grow up a little bit and, and learn how to do this? Yeah, I think everybody's path is a little bit different, Dan. And and. Uh... You know, we all are kind of growing at a, at a different uh, pace, if you will. And and where he is now, he, he's certainly a pro. I mean, he takes care of his business. Uh, those spring leagues, those are reps. Those are just great opportunities for guys to get uh, reps in games, reps in practice, uh, really just to continue to work on their craft. So I think you do see a player uh, that continues to improve. Hey, Kevin, I just want to go over some injuries with you. Is Jack still in the protocol? Yes. And did Ronnie have to go into the protocol, Hickman? Yes. Uh, you know what? I, they were testing for that. I, I, I'll get you an answer to that. I don't know if he's officially in that protocol or not. Okay. And do you know about Burns and Ford, who I think they left with shoulders yesterday? Uh, yes, they did. They're both day-to-day. -day. Yeah, Kevin, I know you said tape is your resume. So uh, my question is, a lot gets made of some of these young guys that really flash in the preseason. Just how do you weigh these preseason games into the the calculations, if you will, when you're making some of these tough roster decisions, do we in the media, do fans make too much of some of these big performances we see, or just what's your take on that? Please? Yeah, it's a good question. You, really, it's you have to take everything into account. It's really a global evaluation. It's how they are in our meeting rooms. It's how they are in the weight room. It's what they do in the practice field and certainly the game field. I mean, that's uh, the lights are on and you're that, that's a great opportunity to, to see the guys in that setting. Uh, having said that, you really do have to take everything into account. You know, think about a, a defensive end rushing against a tackle. Uh, you know, what what's the talent dis difference between those two guys as you make your evaluation? So that, that's really something that we're constantly looking at. Uh, yeah, Kevin, just wondering. Uh, I'll I'll finish strong here. Uh, just wondering how you uh, how you feel about. Jadavian Clowney, he has agreed to terms with the with the Ravens and, uh, you know, it, 
if it all goes as planned, he will be there playing against you guys in week four. So how do you feel about facing a Jadavian? What do you think he'll be able to do for them? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, Mary Kay, I wish any of our former players luck. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I'm not going to comment. All right, there you go, Coach Stefanski at the podium, uh, steadfast in the support of Cade York. And uh, we've got one preseason game left. It is a week from tomorrow in Kansas City. Yep. Uh, against the Chiefs. So we'll, uh, we'll, we will see what the week ahead brings, but that's where you stand coming out of uh, the tie late last night, as it were, in Philly. Uh, coming up next, we're going to go through the 53 a little bit and some of the guys who are in that last group of guys here and there and what the numbers could look like. That's coming up next, heading into the final week of training camp and of the preseason. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back in. Let's do the depth chart exercise. Yeah, let's do that. I think, too, though, I think it'd be fun to do uh... – the Uno exercise, we because we got. We got well, do, we, do we have do we have enough time for all that? I don't know if we'll have enough time to go to you wanna, Bath and Beyond and Home Depot. You want to push the? Uh, yeah, we can do a little of that in two o'clock. You know, let's do the Uno exercise, and then we'll do the depth chart at, at like. 2:15. Or we could do Uno because Uno has at two o'clock at one right now. He's got a grade for each offensive position group, so we could just do the offense and then our look at the offense. But we need to do the fifty-three kind of in totality because that's where the I decisions agree. are going to make. Okay, all right. So do you want to do that? Why don't we do the offense and defensive grades right now? And then do the position group And then we'll, group do, and then we'll do, do everything. The, the breakdown at, at 250. Yeah, 215, right. 230. All right, even. let's start offensively. Well, we got mailbag. I'm not giving up a mailbag okay. on All a right. Friday. I can do it in I'll be damned minutes. if I'm going to give up I, I'll the frivolity of Bobby. I'll do it in 15 minutes. Hey, Bobby! Yeah, hey, Bobby. <laughs> Quarterback grade. Uh, I think that's a, I think a solid A. I liked what I saw from the quarterbacks, and and frankly, you know, DTR deserved to have many, many more points on the board than he got. He was on pace to throw for 328 yards and rush for another 36. Mm-hmm. He made some big time throws, comfortable in the pocket. He just has that it factor, the blocks, all of it. You know, if you score that first drive instead of the safety, you only net five, but the Browns would have had you know seven. They'd had 13 in the first half. You'd have been feeling really good about that. And then Kellen Mond. Again, he was victimized by some drops. Mm-hmm. I think Hassan Hall had three, which you got to clean that up. You're trying to make a football You're team. You're trying to make a roster. Um, he missed a couple of open throws, mm-hmm. but he also made some nice throws and did, made some good decisions from the pocket. He throws for 126 and a touchdown. I thought the play that he was like Harry Houdini, he was touched by five different rate, uh, Eagles, and it looked like at one point he was going to be sacked for a safety, and he gets out and makes a first down out of it. was an incredible effort by him. So, yeah, I thought for – what those guys wanted to do. And, and let me remind folks, DTR was not out there playing against jabronis. The, oh, no. Their star- Jordan Davis was in there. Their starting defensive, defensive line, line was Nolan Smith first-rounder, Jordan Davis first-rounder, Jalen Carter first-rounder, and Derek Barnett also was a first-rounder in 2017. I can't believe they have all those cats. They were playing. N'Kobe Dean was in there at linebacker. Their starters were in at linebacker. Their starters were in everywhere but yeah. corner and no blank and chip at safety. But – like they're playing Zach Cunningham, who led the league in, in tackles with 163 in 2020, and there was 300 tackle seasons. Miles Jack was playing at the end of the game. Yeah. He has three straight 100 tackle seasons, 
And then they brought in the guy Moro from, I think, the Bears, who had 120 tackles last year. These guys are all playing in the second half oh, yeah. of a preseason game. Yeah. Which was, well, it was their second. They were selective they, on, I guess, who you know, didn't play. Um, but, boy, they had there was, when DTR was out there, that was a – there's four first rounders on the defensive line. Yeah, like that's not a joke. No, and it was um, that we, I was talking about that yesterday. Like I don't feel like all the coaching staffs know exactly how to handle this preseason yet. They're kind of all figuring it out, kind of game by game. Usually, you'd have like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. You're going to do the same thing. They're t- different teams doing different things in every game. Absolutely, they just don't know how to. Do Absolutely, it. but quarterback, I'll say. Let me say this about DTR. Yeah. The the optimistic thing coming into camp was, and we we saw some flashes like you know rookie minicamp and and all of those things. The optimistic thing was long-term backup to Deshaun Watson. Is it an overstatement to say that that has for me not not necessarily here, but I think he's a I think he can be a starter in this league. Is that too much? No, I think so too, and I I guarantee you right now, if you took a poll of the players in the locker room, they would say the same thing. Okay, so I, didn't, I don't. Sometimes you don't want to overreact to to what you see, but like we've seen practices, we've seen games. Like to me, he looks like he could be a starter in the league. Yes, agreed, 100%. He's got that it factor, the intangible, the leadership, the confidence, the swag, all of it. He's been phenomenal. I am a, I've been from day one. No, you know, I'm, I, know. I am a Pac-12 guy after all. Big DTR fan. And I, I thought – I felt it the first time I interviewed him. I'm like, this guy has something. He's got some juice. He's got some juice. And I remember watching him and actually watching highlights, you know, of him play. And he was electric. Uh, he's really refined his game as a passer. He's so comfortable in the pocket. He had a two-play sequence, one where it was early in the game, and he stood in the pocket and he kind of batted it like three times and then just kind of made a wild throw at the last second. And then the second time that happened, and I said on the broadcast, you know, that's that internal clock. If you bat it a couple times, it's not there. Just You have the athleticism. Just put it down and go. Yeah. You know, you went through three progressions. Go ahead and take off. And then the second time he did that and picked up like eight yards right up the middle on a first down, and I'm like, that's a perfect way. That's great. You see that in-game a progression from him. I am, yeah. I, I, he's somebody that honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at all if some we get some calls about him. I don't think that they would let him go unless it was a haul because you you are going to need a backup quarterback for Deshaun Watson on a rookie contract so that you are able to do other things on this roster. Mm-hmm. And now you've got that. Yep. So it would have to be really compelling. But I'll tell you what, and maybe this is me just being a homer or wearing orange around glasses, but I'm pretty sure the Falcons would feel a lot different about things if they had him versus Desmond Ritter. There's no doubt. I mean, I feel like that's – no I don't doubt. even think that's a crazy thing to say. No, I don't even. Even though it sounds crazy right no. now. No. Or actually, it doesn't sound crazy. It just no, it would have good. sounded crazy. He's yeah. good. He's good. All right, running back. Uh, I'm going to give that a, a C-. minus. You can't fumble at the one-yard line. And then John no, Kelly, that, knows that's better. reflective of the group. Hassan Hall had the three drops in the passing game, uh, which you cannot have. So, no. How, that being said, Demetric again, sh- good vision, some shiftiness in, in those jump cuts, seven carries for 36 yards. It's crazy. All of his, None of his stuff works when he's punt returning, those jump cuts and trying to move back in reverse field. None of it works when he's punt returning, but it works when he's a running back. So he averaged five yards a carry. He's averaged five yards a carry for the preseason. He did not hold up well in pass protection, though, and that was readily apparent on a couple of plays. So... Yeah, I think that's about right. Jordan Wilkins was the guy that I'm the most excited about on our roster currently, and we saw him in very limited action. Three carries for 18 yards. Looked powerful. Caught his only target for another eight yards. But, yeah, I'd say C, C minus. Can't fumble. That's two weeks in a row the running back position has turned the football over. Can't have that. Wide receiver. A. A. Tillman, the guys that you wanted to see 
And, and for me, those two guys were Tillman and Austin Watkins. They delivered. Tillman, two catches, 50 yards. Austin Watkins, seven for 139 and a touchdown. He did have the one drop, and he was so furious about it. But this guy was out there putting in work. Still averaged 10 yards a target in this game, even though he caught seven of his 14 targets. I loved what I saw from him. And But, you know, that's what's going to carry the A. Schwartz, not a great game. He had, again, some drops. He only caught four of his 10 targets. David Bell, I just don't know, man. I just I just well, the tape don't, don't lie, know. Right? There's not a lot of juice there, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's wild because he did it against good competition at Ohio State. I know. It, it's crazy. Against Ohio State when he's at Purdue, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, against yeah. Ohio State, against Michigan, against Michigan Penn State, State, Penn yeah. State, all of yeah. them, all the good games. He put up big, big numbers, and it's just like – I just, maybe it's just that extra step, half step faster. But he would run away from people. He'd have, I know. Like, he'd have 10 for 240 and two touchdowns in I games. That's crazy. So I, I don't know. And, and, you know, we'll get into the roster and the implications of that in a second. But, you know, I, I'd give that group an A because Cedric Tillman is really the one guy you're looking at who has a chance to impact you this year. And you ha saw him have another nice game. And then Austin Watkins, is he's the story of camp, right? Is he the story of the preseason on the offensive side yeah. of the ball? Him and DTR. And Austin Watkins. And it yep. started, ironically enough, it was DTR to Austin Watkins in his first team period at the Greenbrier that was a 40-yard touchdown that really got both of them like, okay, yep. all right. This from NFL Draft Scout Matt Miller right now. We've had him on the show from ESPN. Uh, how good did Dorian Thompson-Robinson look last night? Rewatching today, and he's making plays. Yep. Yeah, he yep. is. He's, he's very good. Tight ends. Uh, Incomplete. Yeah, not much. See, there was nothing there. Average. I mean, you know, they had only, I think, two catches on the day. Forrestal, one for nine. Zaire Mitchell paid in one for two. Um, and they got blown up in the blocking game a couple times. Maybe even a D, just kind of non-factors. Offensive line. Solid again. I'll give offensive line a good A again because you have 49 passes. You give up one sack. I thought our quarterbacks did a good job navigating the pocket under when there was some pressure. But I thought overall – you're looking at this team and you're saying, okay, Dewan Jones was out there stonewalling and working against a first-round pick in Nolan Smith from Georgia, who that's an interesting matchup for him, right? He's got the size and the strength, but Nolan Smith's got the speed. And he only got around the edge on him one time, once, and it didn't lead to a sack. Uh, DTR was able to step up and get out of that. But I thought he played well. I think you look at your overall kind of, you know, the blocking for the team, Wes Martin had another good game. Tyrone Wheatley Jr., and that's a guy who could be some trade bait. They gave him 57 snaps in this one. They were, they, they were putting that tape out there for a reason. I thought he was especially good uh, in the run game. Whenever they ran to his side, he played on both sides of the ball. Uh, Luke Whipler continues to impress. Michael Dunn was very good. This It's a solid line. It's a solid line. But the guys you wanted to see, Dewan Jones killed it. Luke Whipler killed it. You know, Wes Martin, he's a valuable kind of backup for you on the interior if Drew Forbes isn't ready. Michael Dunn, same thing. They both played well. So all in all, it was very good. And then, as I said, Tyrone Wheatley continues to play at a high level and, and is something – I think he is somebody that doesn't – there's not a spot for him on our 53. Like the yeah. other guys you could make the case, well, maybe, you know, Wes Martin beats out Dunn because Forbes can't go or Forbes goes and, and they one of those guys ends up on the practice squad. And that's the thing with that group when we talk about the roster in a second. You know, the chances that you'll be able to get – you know, one of those guys to your practice squad feels good. So maybe you go with nine offensive linemen, keep the two centers, don't necessarily keep a guard on the 53, but you have one that is elevated every week off the practice squad for yeah. you, and you're able to kind of have your guard that way. So we'll talk about that in the, in the roster. But, yeah, I'd say an A for the offensive line. I think the guys that you wanted to see continue to look. And, you know, it's crazy that 
You know, we signed Jack Conklin to that extension at the end of last year. But, like, right now, if you said to me, we have to go in this season with Dewan Jones playing right tackle, I'm like, good. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I think That's how good he's been. I think he's been. up to it. That's how good he's been. Uh, defensive line. Um, the D-line in this one, you had Maurice Hurst. He got a sack. The Browns ended up with five sacks this one, a couple of them off of blitzes. But Maurice Hurst had a sack. Lonnie Phelps had a sack. You had uh, Jeremiah Martin got a half a sack for the second straight week, so good for him. I was excited to see that. Chuck Wiley got a sack. Tommy Togiai had a sack for the Cleveland Browns. So we actually had six sacks as a team. I was excited for that. And I think Maurice Hurst has, you know, shown form, especially the last two weeks, that say he, he probably should be on this roster. Togiai's having the best offseason of his, of his career, and maybe he's I a guy that – I thought there was no chance at the start of camp. Or it, slim. It still feels slim. Yeah, but it feels like he has a chance making to stay in the program, and he's definitely making him think uh, about what he's done. So I thought it was good at the end of the game. You know, we saw also got to see uh, for the first time as a Brown, Shelby Harris played some snaps, mm-hmm. looked good out there. Uh, I, overall, I thought they they did a solid job. Solid job. There was some at the end when it was down to um, Tristan Hill was in there with Togi times. They got pushed around in the run game late. But in terms of the ability to get after the quarterback, I thought that the defensive line uh, was solid. Solid. Linebacker room. I'm going to give him a B, actually. Linebacker room is going to get an A on the on the heels of Diabate. Because I thought the D line. Man, he looks great. They had the sex. You can give him a B plus. Give him a B plus as you're writing up. Give him a plus. Um, yeah, Diabate, when, you, when you're when you directly responsible for as two points. it's an actual like, report card. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. Go and try that. Give him that. Get that. Uh, when you have a responsible for two points, your fumble then leads directly to another three points. So five points right there from Diabate. I-, I loved what I saw from him, the eight tackles flying all over. It's fun to watch Charlie Thomas, his running buddy. Uh, he had a pass breakup at the goal line that if he didn't get his hands on the ball, would have been a touchdown. So good job by him. Tony Fields played well. Yeah, I, I like that group a lot. A-, a for them. Corners. Uh, up and down a little bit from the corners. I thought some very good plays and some good coverage. I liked what I saw from Cam Mitchell. I liked what I saw from uh, Biggers. I thought Chris Westry had a little bit of a tough day out there. And then, you know, you had the injuries. Mike Ford goes in. Lorenzo Burns goes in. So uh, a solid B. It's when, when Jim Schwartz is dialed up, though, a corner blitz, we've gotten home. Biggers had a half of a sack in this one. And then T- Tanner McAllister at safety had a very nice game. He had a sack as well. So last week it was Mike Ford, and this yeah. week – you get biggers in there on that kind of that nickel blitz, and, and it worked very effectively. Safeties in the back end? Um, for the safeties, you know, Hickman gets interception, so that already bumps the grade up. And I thought Tanner McAllister had a really nice game. Uh, the former Buckeye corner, there was one play where he was in coverage, and he was sticky to the opponent, and, and you love to see that. So I think McAllister played basically the whole game. De'Anthony Bell had a, a solid game, certainly involved in the tackling, and then Hickman had the pick for you. So I'll give them a solid B-plus as well. Uh Kickers, punters. We did kickers already off the top. Special punters, teams in general. This special, not not, not the great, best. right? Yeah, yeah. I'll I say. Bubba's not pleased with what's got going on. No, well, nothing in the return game at all. We had five yards on three punt returns. Uh, we know the field goal woes we talked about. Bohorquez in this one didn't hit the ball as well as normal. But when he's long punting, he's so elite. He celebrates fifty-one yards of punt. I want to see the ones where he's kind of just pooching it. He had one that went in the end zone for a touchback. He had another one that he missed short and fortunately bounced to like the 19, so it counted inside the 20. And then the other was a good one to the 10-yard line. But I want to see a little more precision on those short ones. When he gets to air it out, I mean, it's it's like an automatic 60 yards, and it's towards the sideline. Yeah, it's He's incredible. Amazing. 
He's been a real weapon. He's been and Charlie. You got to give Charlie Hewlett bumps their grade up because he was out there covered and and popped the ball loose. So good job, Charlie. All right, good job to you on all of that. Uh, those are the grades. We'll go over the depth chart a little bit later. General Manager, Assistant General Manager Catherine Rache will join us coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. To celebrate the 18th Cleveland Brown being inducted into the Hall of Fame, that's the Hoff. Tide Cleaners has an incredible offer. Enjoy 8 bucks off any order of 18 or more. Just mention Browns at drop-off. Tide Cleaners, your one-stop shop for all dry cleaning and laundry service needs. Visit TideCleaners.com to find that location that's nearest you. Some exclusions may apply. See store for details. And now here's Z with our Assistant General Manager, Catherine Raish. Very happy to be joined now by Brown's Assistant GM, Catherine Raish. And Catherine, first of all, great to see you. Last time I think we talked was Combine or around there. Kind of how's everything flowed for you, you know, from that time to where we sit here today? Well, great to see you as well. Very excited to be t- to be talking to you today. Um, things have just been crazy, but in a good way. I mean, we talked at Combine. We had the draft. Obviously, um, we've had some coaching changes, too, along the way. So bringing on Jim, Bubba. So there's just been a lot of really key off-season acquisition that led us to this point. And now we've just been in training camp mode. So really from our off-season program to the Greenbrier, now here to Philly, playing in Canton. And in the meantime, it's just been a lot of moving parts, but the team has adjusted super well, and there's really like a strong bond that's being formed. So I think that's going to be uh, critical for the for the upcoming season. Well, you mentioned the grain, Briar, and then he said, and now we're back in Philly. Well, you truly yeah. are back in Philly. How's it been? How's it been coming back for you? It's been it's been awesome. They have a core, a great core group of people. Obviously, like it just feels like my second football family. So being back, um, I just thought it was a great experience for our team as well. They have a really, really solid roster. So for our team to be able to compete in those settings, not just tonight, but throughout the week, I thought was a great opportunity. And it's just been great. It didn't feel like I was away, to be honest with you. It just felt like I was coming back to, you know, a place I'm pretty used to. So it was good to see everybody. When you think about, you know, the joint practice we had with the Eagles last year, and I think everybody kind of came out of that being like, well, the Eagles are pretty good, and everybody in Philly at the time was like, well, if Jalen Hurts can keep going, we can be really good. Well, guess what? He did. They went to the Super Bowl, but it was kind of clear their roster was maybe a little bit more physical, a little bigger, a little bit maybe more advanced than ours. And it felt like you guys went out this offseason and really tried to address a lot of that, especially along the defensive front. And I would say just from watching, you're smiling already, you could see the difference in, in one year. Was that something that you looked at, maybe not as a barometer or a measuring stick, but just it's a good apples-to-apples apples comparison of where we've come in a year? I mean, uh, getting strong in the trenches is always something that Andrew is looking to do. So that was definitely a core focus of ours uh, entering this offseason. So really to be able to see um, these players we've added to the defensive line really like in full action against one of the best offensive line in the National Football League was actually really great. Uh, It was a great opportunity for our starters to get some competitive reps against an opponent. So definitely something that we're excited about um, entering the regular season. And then just, you know, seeing all of our other young players. I mean, they have an excellent receiving core. They've got speed, whether it's Quez and AJ. So like 
seeing our DBs compete with that, seeing Denzel, like, you know, making those plays on the balls, like, it was just great overall to, to really put our players in, in competitive settings against a really, really good roster. So very, very, very excited for the weekend, how everything kind of went down. I was able, I've known some people kind of who either have covered the Eagles or, and was able to talk to them and then get kind of there like, and they're, oh yeah, yeah, this is very different for us this year. For you and Andrew, you guys will work there. Mm -hmm. You will get, I would imagine, the truth from the people in their front office. So that's probably got to be an interesting feedback in the sense that for the Browns, we can look through it through our eyes. We can watch our tape and talk to our coaches, but then you actually have another front office who's all watching it that you're very close with that's given you their take on everything was that and I know you won't share that and I'm not asking you to but I'm saying was that interesting valuable fun all of the above yeah I think one of the key things for us is we want to stay humble so however we feel like we came out out of this week I just think we got to stay grounded and I think Kevin does such a great job as keeping the team like hey let's stay where our feet are at and let's not get too excited or too happy now I won't lie like it was a great feeling to see some of my peers be like oh you guys, your D-line gave some work to your O-line, huh? Like 11 sacks that first practice? Okay. You know, so this is definitely good and good to see. But now we still got a lot of work to do. Kevin says it all the time. Like we're not football ready yet. And everybody knows. And we're all focused on the same thing is to be ready for the Cincinnati Bengals week one. And that doesn't change, you know, whether it goes well or not. We've had bumps in the road. And, and I, think, I think those are good. Like I think those are things that keep the team again grounded and really focusing on taking one day at a time one step at a time and this was just another good test in our entire off season you know so just continue to like building our foundation and adding the block slowly but surely i think is the key i like what you said there about staying grounded and and i know that a lot was made of how the second day's practice ended that little one teeny period and obviously you would have maybe said in the moment i liked it to go a different way i took a tact or a thought about it and i talked with joe thomas about it and i said I kind of liked the way that it ended because some of our guys were pissed off at the end. Mm -hmm. And so you could have come here and been like all those things, right? We can match up with them. This is the best in the NFC. Right. We're, we're there. And then they flex a little bit at the end and you say, okay, we still have work to do. And we know this team's going to be judged on everything that happens September 10th and after nothing that happens in August, knock on wood for health reasons, you know, but I kind of like that. And you could tell some of the guys, especially some of the veteran and the studs that have been brought in were like, no, 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 this isn't okay. We, we can't let that happen. That's right. That's right. And I think Philly is a really good football team. They're really well coached. They're well managed. So they didn't like how they came out the first day sure. and they came out day two. be like, we're not going to let that happen to us again. And then we had that red zone period you're referencing to where we could have, you know, done better and there's things to improve. So I think for our guys, it's again, like, let's go back to the fundamentals. Let's go back to, you know, the, the drawing board and let's just make sure that we're tight and we haven't arrived yet. And, and that's never, that's never Kevin's message. It's not Andrew's message on the personnel side either. So it's just always finding opportunities to get better and improve ourselves both on and off the field, you know? So I think, I think it's overall super positive experience. I'm looking forward to tonight because a lot of the young players are going to play. So it's going to be another great evaluation opportunity for us. We're going to talk about the young guys in a second, but I just want to know where any jokes made like, how did you guys get Zadarius? Like, this is this is not okay. <laughs> well, maybe not like that, but definitely one of my um, former colleagues who's the outside linebacker coach was like, he looks good. He looks almost like a D-tackle. Like, all the guys were really impressed on how good he looks, and, and you know, they were just like, that was a great find. So we're very excited to have Zadarius. All right, you mentioned the young guys. This draft class, so far, again, it's preseason, but... 
you guys have to be very pleased. Again, you don't start off with a first-round pick. You trade the second-round pick for Elijah and then the third-round back that becomes Cedric Tillman, your first of the two third-rounders. This has been a fun group to watch, and, and we'll start with our, our young quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who gets the start tonight. I mean, what a start to his career. So productive at UCLA, but yeah. he looks just ready. Yep. I think, like, some of the things that stood out with Dorian is obviously his playmaking ability. He can make plays both with his arm, with his legs. But also it's been like his work ethic and attention to details. Like if you watch him in practice, he's taking every single mental reps when he's not taking physical reps. He's out there. He's a sponge. He wants to learn. He's got great guys to learn from in that room. So I think that's been really key and really amazing to see bringing him on board. Um, and then you've mentioned Cedric. You, I mean, Dewan. All these guys have really just made the most of their opportunities so far and have really been – fully in invested in really using all of the resources that are at their disposition to really get better and it's just been tremendous to see them work with their peers and their coaches and Dewan's done a great job he stands out got some of those first team reps going against Brandon Graham I mean that kind of experience you can't buy that and he was getting it in those practices and, and more than held his own a couple of other young Ohio State guys who are in real battles for either you know a spot on this roster you know a role on this roster even potentially Luke Whipler at center and then Ronnie Hickman Rocket who had the two picks last week those are two guys who have really kind of stood out as well Luke being a later round pick and then Ronnie being an undrafted free agent yeah that's all things we have to take into consideration like when it gets to roster cut down day there's multiple things you think about like yeah you're thinking about what they've done in the preseason your evaluation of them but you're also thinking about the odds of retaining them if you were to waive them and then try to get bring them back on practice squad what are the odds that a club may claim them so thinking we really like Andrew does a really good job of thinking about it holistically and really making sure that in our strategy we take all of these pieces into account, especially when these young guys perform as well as they did. We have to think about it in, in, in the way we, we strategize and, and build the roster. There are going to be tough decisions this year, and, and that's what you want. I mean, it is your sad at heart, but that means maybe you have more than 53 guys, which is where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, I was thinking about it not as far as this morning, just being like, wow, like even – building your practice squad. There's going to be a, lo a lot of tough decisions. We have depth at multiple spots. You think of, like, the young guys we had on the interior defensive line. Like, there's so much talent and so many so, so much tools to develop. So you're thinking, like, we're going to have to make all these decisions. And quite frankly, it's a good problem to have. The fact that we're going to have to make tough decisions, it means that we did a good job in the offseason acquiring <clears throat> those pieces yeah, you certainly did all right last one what's if you're telling the people at home maybe something not someone but maybe something to watch tonight a position group something that you're excited to see with these young guys out there um I think like it's as you said Doran's gonna get the starts it's gonna be really great to see him there uh, see how our number two three and even four on the offensive line protect him um our offensive weapons that are gonna be out there I think there's still some battles there to try to really figure out like who are going to be the fifth and sixth spot. Um, and then just really seeing the playmakers on defense, like really constantly putting pressure on um, Philly's quarterback and just trying to get the ball, just trying to get the ball back. So I think like to I'm answering your question very vaguely here, but it's really because there's just so many different battles and different diff uh, so many young players that we're looking forward to see in action. And I think against Philly's depth today is going to be a great, great test. It's going to be a lot of fun. And these are one of those games with their depth, and you pointed out, right, where you're watching our guys, but you're also watching to see who's going to be available around the league and especially on a roster as loaded as them. So Absolutely. a lot of reasons to tune in tonight. Catherine, thanks so much for the time. Best thank of luck. You. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, good stuff there with Z and Catherine Raish, our assistant general manager. Remember, it's a mailbag Friday edition. Tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily. We will get to those at the bottom of the hour. Coming up next, we'll play a little bit of roster numbers game. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. last 90 years, family-owned and operated Rumpke Waste Recycling has grown to become one of the largest waste and recycling companies in the United States. They are proud to be the recycler of choice for the city of Cleveland. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. All right, let's do it. Let's take a look at some of the numbers we're going to be dealing with. Uh, we are a week from the final, a week and a day from the final preseason game at, you're on, at Kansas City. Um, let's, let's do a little of the numbers game here, my friend. All right, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to tell you I'm going to give you an initial number, and then we'll get to the pressure points, and then I'll just tell you if, like, I think this is, like, locked, like, in stone. Not necessarily the number, but the player. I like it. I like it. All right. Three quarterbacks, and I think it's all locked in stone. Watson, Dobbs, DTR. Three running backs, Nick Chubb, Ford are locked. The third, I'm not I'm not sure, and I'm not sure they're here. But three's the number, obviously. Three's the yeah. number. Yep. Three tight ends, Najoku, Akins, and then Harrison Bryant, I think are all locks. I just, I'm, I don't know what's going on with Harrison Bryant. We haven't gotten any updates in a while. So I have a question mark by his name. But I think if he's able to play, he would be the third lock. He'd be the third lock. Yep. All right. Wide receiver. All right. We're going to come back to this, gonna but back? I'm going to give right. you four locks right now Cooper, DPJ, Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman. And I would say Marquise Goodwin is, a, if he's able, would be a 100% lock. But. Right now, we don't know. Yeah, so in terms of pure locks known, Amari said DPJ. And Elijah. And Elijah. Okay. Offensive line, Wills, Batonio, Posick, Teller, Conklin, Dewan Jones, James Hudson, Nick Harris, Luke Whipler. I think right now you could make the case that those nine are locks. That's probably a bit aggressive with the Harris and Whipler, but right now that's kind of what I'm – that's where I'm at right now. So nine locks. We'll come back to this position again. So right now you have nine locks there, four locks here. So if you look at locks on the offensive side, you've got three, six, nine, 13, 22, 22 locks. Locks. Okay. Defensively. Well, I like uh, what you're doing. You're going to leave a little opening here. Five defensive ends that I think are all locks. Miles Garrett, Zadaria Smith, Oba Okoronkwo, Isaiah McGuire, Alex Wright. Four defensive tackles. I think three are locks. Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, Siaki Ika. 
I think there will be a fourth, and we'll get to my guess in a second, but we're at three locks there. Linebacker, locks, J-O-K, Kunashik. I'm going to leave two locks for now. Like Whoa. Lock locks. We have, to see, we have to see these guys play. A-Walk and talk? I think they're locks, but like they're coming off of significant injuries, and we have not seen them play. Okay. I'll put them fine. You can you convince me with that look. You get four locks for now. Yeah. But we got to see them play. Yeah. Cornerback, I think you've got five locks. Denzel, MJ, Newsom, AJ Green, Cam Mitchell. All right. And then we'll come back to that. And then safety, I think you've got four locks, which would be Thornhill, Delpit, McLeod, and DeAnthony Bell. For what he does on special teams, so we'll come back to that. So, so now- you're you're at 15. You're at 23 locks defensively. Okay. You got three locks on special teams. Yep. So we're at 45. So there are five spots up for grabs. We're at 48, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah, yeah. five. Yeah, five, five spots up, up five for grabs. Up. Yeah. 48. I'm looking at the of the 50 like. Yeah. Non-specialists. Yeah. 40. Either way, the math is the same. Yep. yep. Okay. So where do those come from? Now, we know for sure you're going to carry five receivers. So if Marquise Goodwin is in, Marquise Goodwin, I think, is five. And then sixth becomes one of David Bell, Austin Watkins, or Jakeem Grant. Now, we haven't seen Jakeem Grant also coming off of a major injury. And is, is, does he do enough as a returner? Is it just faith that he can... Be that be level that of a returner. Again. They would have had to have seen it, seen some inclination, though, right? But you never do anything full speed. Like, no, you're right. It's a in practice. A total. Yeah. So if Marquise Goodwin's in, it's Goodwin, and then one of those three. Now six total. That sixth person has to do something for you on special teams. David Bell does not. Watkins does. Jakeem Grant obviously would. It'd be hard for me to. I know this is crazy because we drafted Bell, we drafted Schwartz, but like. Schwartz, uh, it's, it's gone. But it's like, over. Yeah. With Watkins, I see, I don't see any scenario how Watkins isn't. I mean, he, I, I mean, just the body type, what you've seen on tape, the special teams ability. He's been he's, he's done been everything really that he can do. You don't think he get? To, I don't think he can get the practice squad, can he? You never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. We fall in love with stuff in the preseason. Sometimes, like remember, Casey Williams was so yeah. dominant in Seattle, and then we had to have him, and then like he's never been anything in the league. Yeah, Austin Watkins though the route running, the way he catches, I, there's a lot to like. I think he's done everything he can. If there's a spot for him, you know, right now, if it was down to Austin Watkins and David Bell, like without David Bell having been a draft pick, I think yeah. it's clearly Austin clearly. Watkins. Yeah. But being a draft pick does matter. I just I think the question is, does he have the juice? And I think the answer is we don't know. If Marquise Goodwin is in, it's those five plus one more. So I think we'll end up at six receivers. So that puts us back up to 24 locks on the offensive side of the ball. One way or the other. 22 locks, two receivers filling to get you to 24. Right. Yeah. We don't know the two receivers, but it'll be two of a group of three or four of them. Correct. Now. Here's where things I think get really, really interesting. So you're at 50. Because. Right now. If Marquise Goodwin can't be there, do you only keep five receivers? Or is this something where we're looking outside of the organization to try to find that speed guy? Jalen Darden, we can't count on. We haven't seen him at all. Period. Nope. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, I think he's a practice squad candidate for sure. The offensive line, the way that we have it here, your top backup guard would be Luke Whipler, I guess. But knowing, again, 
that is there a belief that you can get Drew Forbes, Michael Dunn, or Wes Martin or Colby Gossett to the practice squad? The answer to that is probably yes. You probably can get yeah. two of them. Mm-hmm. So you could go with nine there. I think if Forbes is okay, I think Forbes would make this team, and then perhaps you carry ten linemen. If you carry ten linemen, now I think you might be down to five at wide receiver. Okay. And then you're practice squatting some of these guys or trying to. Remember, you have one spot here, and now maybe that's with if it's a Wes Martin who you want to you want to keep on your 53 or whatever. Remember, this Alex Wright spot is a spot that is going to be utilized for a day, mm-hmm. and then you put them onto IR. So then you'd be able to at, bring back a veteran later that week that you knew was in. So you could do that with a Maurice Hurst, for example. You could do that with you know anybody who is not a vested player. The problem is if you were to go three, 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 six, and ten, which would be twenty-five on offense, that leaves you twenty-five on defense. You're at four defensive tackles are locks. I think right now Maurice Hurst to me feels like he has an edge over Jordan Elliott, although they restructured his contract. So you'd be at nine on the defensive line. Then you would be I think you'll still end up being at six at linebacker. And the question is, you know, Matthew Adams, I think they absolutely want him on special teams. So then it comes down to Tony Fields and Mahmoud Diabati for that last spot. That's a battle. Now, the only wrinkle into that would be that Awok and Ortaki just aren't ready to go. Correct. But it feels like they are ready to go. I've talked to them. They both expect to play against Kansas City. So we'll see how they look there. So if you're at 9-6, and six, that's at 15. That means if you went 25 on offense, you only have 10 more here, which means you either are carrying five corners if you carry Ronnie Hickman mm-hmm. or you're carrying six corners and only four at safety and trying to get Ronnie Hickman through. But Ron, three interceptions, you feel like that's caught the attention of somebody. Plus the pedigree. Yeah. Right. So they love Mike Ford. Now, Mike Ford could be one of those guys that you say, hey, well, come back to us after Alex Wright. Come back here and play special teams for us at corner. And then you wonder, you know, has Cam Mitchell played well enough that maybe they say, and A.J. Green's a good special teams player too, but that Mike Ford's special teams value is greater than that of A.J. Green. That I don't know. But these are very tough decisions because we're talking about guys that can play at all of these discussions. So this roster has gotten a little bit more complex, and why has it gotten more complex to deal with? Number one, because Austin Watkins has played so well. Number two, because Nick Harris is all the way back and looks like he should be a starting center for a team in the NFL. Well, he was here. Yeah, he beat out Posick. Now, Posick is your starting center, and he's been fantastic, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. But Nick Harris – you know, provides you real insurance there, but also is he somebody that that becomes attractive to another team because his preseason tape is sensational. And then Luke Whipler has played so well, he's staying in the program. So that has why you're at the nine. You know, do you end up trading a Nick Harris and then keeping a Drew Forbes or a Dunn or a Martin or a Gossett, and, and then you go with nine that way? There's a lot that has to be decided in that. So Nick Harris's full recovery has put this, in my opinion, that's made it a little bit tougher on that side of the ball. And then defensively, the injury to Alex Wright makes it tougher for you. At, at linebacker, Mahmoud Diabati coming out of nowhere has made it much harder for you. And the Browns are yeah. very aggressive to pursue him as an undrafted free agent. Remember, and not it's unfortunate for Jacob Phillips, but imagine how much more crowded this would be healthy. if Jacob Phillips were in the mix. Yeah. You know, so the questions, the guys we haven't seen at all are Matthew Adams, Tak. Or AWOC. Now, we've seen AWOC before. He averaged 109 tackles a season for the four years prior to the injury last year. Taki's coming off of a career, but they're coming off of major injuries. And they're both heart and soul. Everybody loves them. 
great players, special teams, the whole deal. So we haven't seen those three, but those three were designed to be on this roster. And then so Ronnie Hickman's play, I think, has made it a little bit more complex in the sense that if you carry five safeties, that changes what you have to do in other places. You can't you, at some point, you know, you can't have it all. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And so I think the big decision points are going to come on how many wide receivers, how many offensive linemen on offense. And then the question is, you know, is Jakeem Grant good enough as a returner still, even though we haven't seen it, that he gets a spot? Is Marquise Goodwin back? And then Austin Watkins versus David Bell potentially. And how does that, how do they factor all that in? And then defensively, you have that one veteran you can work with. And you could work with that on Jakeem Grant. That Alex Wright's spot could be any veteran that you're like, we're going to let you go, but come back. Yeah. But that complicates things. Here's what's hard, too, as you're going it's through hard. this. Yeah, it is. Very difficult. It's hard from the standpoint of we haven't seen it. You, you mentioned four names where we know if they can go, they go, but we haven't seen it. And it's just health stuff. And that's Goodwin, Grant, Talk, and Walker. Um, and Matthew Adams and Adams right so there's you got five guys that you got to know you got to know by next Saturday you got to know can you go yeah and things are going to change around here like I think we're going to get into I think leading up to this Kansas City week we're going to get into our normal practice schedule so the days of you know everybody getting a bunch of reps are gone it's going to be starters getting reps you'll get maybe some ones on ones good on good but for the most part it's going to be some scout team stuff like we're going to start getting ready for so this next week will be like a game week i think so that was the original kind of idea feeling. with the schedule so we'll see if they treat it you know treat the days like sunday would be like a monday you know and then you'd go through you'd have because the game saturday thursday would be like friday wednesday till you practice the big day on tuesday yeah wednesday thursday and then you'd have the walk through Friday, game Saturday in Kansas City. So that's that's where you are. That's where you are. This is a um, it, for just a public service for those of you, Nate Tice, who does stuff for the Athletic. Um, he has a melt of every pass play and one RPO between Dewan Jones and Nolan Smith, the yep. first round pick out of Philly. Yep. Check it out. Pretty good pretty good on our side of things yeah he's especially the way that that the eagles viewed smith view smith elite as they view him um he was very good Uh, he's been very good all camp but like it's just an easy watch you're a browns fan you've had the baldinger breakdown to hear us talk about him hoff rave about him it's just an easy minute and you can just see what big thanos is capable of and and quite frankly it's a lot we hit the mailbag coming up next you listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, back by popular demand. Your favorite four-legged companion is ready for year two of Barking Backers presented by Milkbone, the fan club for dogs. View membership options and join today at Barking Backers. Com. It is a mailbag Friday presented by Cross Country Mortgage, the official mortgage partner of your Cleveland Browns. When it comes to financing, we always get you home. Visit ccm.com today. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS 3029. Hello, Gibby. Hi. How are we doing? Oh, mama. <laughs> oh, baby. Boy. That's an understatement. And I would love to like. football tonight, baby. Okay. They played games we're, last we're night. We're two weeks too early for this. Isn't this normally when high school football goes? It, it yes, it, it's become that. Used like to be, we, it needs to move back a week. I got At bad news for week. you. College football is going to start 
when they go to the 12-team playoff in two years, college football is going to start next weekend, and this is going to be week zero for high school, for college football. Next weekend is week zero for college football. Next year, in within the next two years, this weekend will be week zero, and week one of college football will be a weekend before Labor Day. I don't even know what day it is today. Friday. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, my wife said that to me this morning when she called to make sure I was still alive. She's like, A, are you awake? Like, you have a show at 1 o'clock. And I'm like, I'm awake. I'm up and moving. Barely. I don't, yeah. I'm like, I don't even, what day is it? She goes, it's Friday. I go, you that, say so. There's no, That's what I said. I don't know what day it is. I don't even know what that means because the bus rolls on. I was talking to somebody, I think, yesterday from uh, from Philly. And they said something about Sunday. And I'm oh, like, tomorrow? And they're like, it's Thursday. I'm like, cool. <laughs> cool. And, and I don't know anybody that hasn't been on these two trips that isn't feeling the exact same way we are. Yeah. Like, it, it has been, like, get through get get through the Kansas City game. Yeah. And then you get a breather. Yeah. yeah. And, then it, and then there's some sense of a routine and normalcy. Yeah. Because you know what you get every day at that point. I got one for you guys right out of the gates. This is from Tour Golf. You have 24 hours to make a hole-in-one on number seven at Pebble. No wind. Hole is playing 100 yards. If you make a hole-in-one, you get 10 million bucks. If you fail, you go to prison for one month. So I think the problem is, is they make the prison penalty too short. Yeah, because I'm like, all I right, I could freeze fine. on a month in prison. I could be fine. A month? Come on. Be fine. He's safe. Six months? Eh. Then I'd have to think about it. I feel like I'd hit a hole in one from 100 yards with 24 hours worth of shots. Yeah. Yeah. No uh, question. I'm I mean, in. Like they did that jail? with a guy. There's a video you can look. There was a guy on a European tour where they gave him, and like, how, I think it was like 100 shots or something like that. Now he's yeah. a tour player, so he's better. But I mean, I think 100 I'd probably, yards is. 100 I think I'd get to hit a th- thousands of shots. It just fatigue would set in. You'd have to be able to. You know, especially if you got to prepare to where you were, you know, on, spending an hour a day on the range or two hours a day on all the range. So you're yeah. building all from 100 yards and just same mechanism over and over again for sure. I would. It, the penalty isn't long enough with this one. Yeah. The penalty needs to be six months or something like a month. Like it should be a month for every million. You, you get to make your own wager. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You want to win 20 million? You face 20, 20 months. See, now that's a, you got to think about that, coach. 20 months. Whew. Yeah, you get into hour number like 10 and you haven't hit one yet. You're All right. starting to get a little nervous. I'll see you on down All the right. road. <laughs> I don't think anything positive comes from that. No. I'm, I'm totally going to jail. I think I could get I, I think, think I you'd make it one. in 24 hours, 100 yards. I think you'd make one. Every, I don't know about that, dude. Like I don't. I think you better be you better be a Do I get a month to prepare? You better be a single single you told di- me. dude. You're I love you. Oh, you don't think you could get it? It's I a full that's day. A, that's a toughie. You got to make it. I know, but I mean, it's a full How day. How many like, shots from 100 prepare. yards do you hit, like, within 20 feet of where you're trying to hit it? Half. You think? Yeah. Congratulations. Probably. I mean, they usually. Yeah, you might have that's a chance. That's good. usually not my problem. My problem is the other stuff. Mine is. If the you're within driver. 20 feet, 50% of the time from 100 yards, you're like, that's. You're like I mean, I expect to land. No, I'm not a pro. No, I, think, like I think that those if, stats if are. If I was on a, I would think that if if I'm a hundred yards out, that I would think that I would land. I usually anticipate that it's going to land on the green. All right, hold on. The kid sends out these like crazy. 
texts to us all the time with these like stats on golfing. And yeah. well, maybe what, I have a bad feel while you on look what this 20 up, feet is. Maybe 20 feet. H. Schneider tight. tweets at the show, Gibby, did they let you Philly dive bar hop by yourself? No, I was with people. I just wasn't with you the luminaries. Tequila, they went to dinner. Tequila Fila, right? No, tequila you went to, What do you mean? You went to dinner with us? All right, here's one. Here's one. Yeah, I didn't go to the next night. I was okay I with that. that. I, did, I needed to... I want to see a little history and do a little dive bar hop. I like it. It was great. What else do you have while he's looking this up? Yeah, I'm going to find this, though, because it's... it's well, there's, a lot, there's some things that are a little rough. Okay. Uh, all right, when the dust settles, how many teams do you think the Big Ten... 20. Really? FY- Here's what's going on right now. I don't yeah. know, I'm sure you guys don't know this because you've been doing NFL. Stanford, SMU, and Cal are currently willing to are currently willing Stanford especially is willing to take nothing from the from the conference just to be involved with the ACC. So they're going to they're going to pass their media rights. They don't want it. Why would you do that? Cuz they have a 36 billion dollar endowment. And so they don't need it. So they're going to their plan right now is just get us into your club. We will we will get the ACC network into the San Francisco market and then in in 5 years we will come out. Is this come the, in as was Condoleezza Rice calling conferences yeah, on their and, behalf? And w, w was calling in, on behalf of SMU. I think if I were the Big Ten and Stanford and SMU were willing to come and for nothing, and I get the Bay Area with with Stanford and all of that, and I get I get Dallas with SMU because I think SMU with money goes. I think that wouldn't take long at all. They were number one team in the country in all of our lifetime. And now everything they did that was under the table is on board. They have a ton of money. If you give those two and they don't want a cut of the media, how do you not take them? You give a dance part in Nebraska for the Big Ten. Yeah, it feels. And then you put you get the most decorated academic athletic school in the world for nothing. Yeah, you got it's a no brainer. You got to do that. So, and I've I've heard the Big Ten is sniffing around that, and I think they should. All right. So twenty is my number. Twenty. There you go. That's from Love a Dog. Today. All right, I got a couple just interesting facts from the kid that he found. All right, so here's the first one. That no PGA Tour player, since they've been tracking this in the year 2004, from 75 to 100 yards in the fairway for an entire season, no player on the PGA Tour has ever had an average proximity of less than 10 feet. Wow, I wouldn't have had that. Okay. I would have thought from... For an entire season, that's a, these are tour pros. Nobody's yep. ever... This is one the kid loves sending these things out. It's hilarious. From 125 yards out in the middle of the fairway, it says you you should be licking your chops, shouldn't you? You set yourself up with a one way ticket to Birdie Town. Wrong. From that spot, even scratch players are much more likely to make a bogey or a worse than a birdie. From 125 yards out, a zero has a 10% chance of making a birdie and a 20% chance of making a bogey. So a scratch player is twice as likely to make a bogey than a birdie from yeah. 125 yards out. So Here's the only thing, though. It's a different thing if you're just hitting the same club over and over versus in a round of play. I know. I, I will acknowledge that my notion that I'm make that i within 20 feet on half is clearly not right, and I don't have a real grasp of what 20 feet is. Yeah. That's fair. I do expect half of them to land on the green from 100 yards. That's fair. Okay, so but I, I probably don't have the right depth of that. But I would also say that with that, you'd also have to acknowledge that doing the same thing over and over again yeah. is different than I'm in the middle of the fairway. Totally. You're walking up hitting one shot once. Right. I yes, I think that if I was going to make that bet with Jail and and mine when my friends approached me with that, like if they're not, 
like a single digit or they're one of those like old golfers that can't hit it off the tee but like from 100 yards are deadly yes. like don't do it do not do that yeah <laughs> don't do it it's interesting think about how many golf shots i've hit in my life mm -hmm. from that distance and i have two holes in ones yeah and those weren't even 100 yards but i hit from 100 yards all the time from the middle of the fairway and i probably have like maybe five dunks in my my life sure same hole same tee box same club well, and it's seven it's downhill it's that's downhill. the other thing that's tough the fact that it's downhill because the spin could really be different like you'd almost have to like dunk it or it's gonna hit right behind it and come back in it would be i think it sounds sounds easier than it is yeah yes all right for one month though you can do a month i'm risking jail, it. no big deal well depending on what it doesn't specify how long what, is the jail sentence a month, I'm but sure. no, no. Say, it doesn't say to, where you're going. I don't think they're going to send you to Sing Sing. Well, they're saying they're putting up ten million dollars. I think you're going to be in like some the, real entertainment. You're going to be in the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Balfort Tennis Academy, prison. I'm in. Okay, for then. Fine. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. It's a vacation. Uh, at Buckeye BV, who's the better Tom? Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? Woo! There's a question. Hanks is Hanks is the better Tom. Cruise is the better movie star. I like that. I like that. Hanks is the better actor. I think he's funnier. Better human. Better. Is he actually is I don't he a know. human? Yeah, he is. Cruz, it doesn't feel like he's a human. He's kind of an android at this point. His ability to do his own stunts, though, is pretty incredible. Awesome. For sure. But I think he's trying to die while doing them. I and think that, he wants to go off. At, like, that's it. He's going to do it on Mission Impossible and end of the road. He doesn't want to age. He looks exactly the same. Well, so, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Better film catalog. Brad Pitt or Nick Cage? Pitt. I don't think that's even particularly close. Cage has been off the grid for 20 years. Like Cage had a run that for was pretty fun. For every good Cage been, movie, there's you're three getting or four bad. So Cage, you're Cage is all the oceans with Pitt. You're getting yep. Inglorious Bastards. You're getting Snatch. Absolutely, you're getting Snatch. You're getting Fight Club. There's a so lot. Good. Pitt's Snatch. got a lot. Yeah, Pitt, Legends Pitt's, of the Fall. Yeah, you got a lot going on with Pitt. Yeah, K Nick Cage's finest stuff is probably the. What are the ones Face where he's off like, and Con Air. Yeah, and, and what's one where he's like a treasure hunter? Yeah, National Treasure. Those are yeah. good. Those are fun. Those are fun Kids movies. love those. Yeah, he, and then, and then he also gets to count in his, in his repertoire. He gets to count fast times, which is an all-time classic. Yeah, that's true. He does. He gets. He does get fast. Nick times. Coppola, as he's built. That's right. He just did one where like, the it's like a is he like uh, a mag magician vampire or something? No, it, like. He plays himself he plays as the himself actor, and yeah. the, this this uh, drug lord like flies him in. It's hilarious. It's just entertaining. Yeah, it's, but I think he I, I, he got good reviews for that one. Yeah, but it's, it's been like twenty. Isn't he years a vampire like one straight, something recently? Yes, it's always he was a, vampire. a vampire. It's like twenty years of straight to video for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah, it. Short in mailbag, two fifty. Oh, sad. What? Sad. You hate to see it. Love it. Hate to see it. All right, so much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, enjoy your high school football tonight. I'll be in it. Lots of good. Wait, what are you, you're not on. Help. 
Sad. Now would it be on, great if you had an on-air light? light then you nah. If you had a light, you'd you would have known. Nah. And you'd know. Yeah. Where are you going to be? Don't look at the camera. It's Oktoberfest. Oh, The Don Schwaben in the backyard. Olmstead Falls. German club. Oh, my gosh. The party starts at 5 o'clock. Who do the Bulldogs got tonight? Do you know? Not a clue. Not it's a clue. weird. That's sad. Like, like, you used to sling the dogs. Yeah, that was I'm your sure, operation. Uh, don't worry. I'll get roped into that. I got to move I got to move the kid back to school Sunday. That's right. That's like, right. It's That's a busy right. weekend. Yeah. Oh, it's supposed to be a weekend off. Not. Not. not no. Not Hudson, Hudson at Highland tonight. That's a nice one. Both those teams were 11 and 1. Highland's a good school. So. Yeah, so that's that'll be a fun one. Go huge Bulldogs. one. Huge, I don't know who you're playing. Huge event um, down in Stark County. They've got so the winningest high school football program in the country in the history of the country. Valdosta is playing at Maslin tonight. So if you can imagine the juice from that, do that. Do yourself a favor on your Twitter. Just search like Maslin right now. Like nuts, bonkers that those two teams are playing. And then at, at Canton at the Hall of Fame, they've got like state champions like Glenville versus the state champion. I think of like Indiana. Uh, Kentucky's playing the state champion. That's cool. Uh, they're playing Hoban. Like, all of this is happening. It's yeah, there's awesome four, four games. Really cool. Yeah. Four games tomorrow. Big one tonight with Maslin and Valdosta. Playing so really Solon cool. tonight. Go Bulldogs. There you go. You had to Let's look go. it up. You I had to look it up. Sad. had to look it up. I, it's drifted. It is sad. Let me see it. Hate to see I don't it. know what day it is either. So, you two need to sleep. <laughs> it really, you got to get really some rest do. for the fellas. Next level coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 